So Ashley, welcome to the 8020 podcast. So good to have you. It's good to be here, Kelly. I'm so excited. I've been waiting my turn patiently, so I'm excited to be here uh, with you. Good, good. And so where are you physically right now as we're working uh, remotely? Um, yeah, so I am actually in Chicago right now, like downtown and old town. Um, I have kind of been living out of a suitcase for a little bit, waiting to get back on campus. Uh, so I've been playing the, um, the city girl for now. Good, good stuff. Um, so I would love you to tell your story. You're from Lafayette, Indiana. Um, so tell us about um, Ashley's life story and growing up there and how you ended up here um, at Indiana, Indiana University at the Kelly School of Business and also here at 8020. Oh, wow. Um, okay, awesome. So I, like you said, am from Lafayette, Indiana and um, definitely grew up uh, going to a rural school with um, most of my friends being farmers and most of my friends wanting to stay in Lafayette. Um, and while there's absolutely nothing wrong with that, and I love my hometown, I definitely from day one wanted to get as far away as possible. Uh, so I actually really wanted to go to a California school when I started looking um, into colleges when the time came around junior and senior year, even visited a few colleges in California um, and were definitely pushing my parents, uh, their, their trust, I guess, a little bit just because they were not really wanting me to go all the way across the country for college, but I was pretty dead set um, until I decided that I wanted to go into business, which changed the, changed the game for me a little bit because, as many people from Indiana or who go to IU are well aware, um, it has a really good business school. And so it was really hard for me to uh, decide to spend a lot more money, uh, quite, quite honestly, to go to a school in California and make a bad business decision um, when going to business school. So uh, I started seriously considering uh, IU, mostly from the pressure of my parents, uh, just because they obviously had heard of how good of a school it was specifically for business. Um, and then went to the campus and realized how incredibly beautiful campus is. And from there, uh, things kind of fell into place and it everything just made sense. Even if I was kind of unhappy to stay in Indiana, um, I was super happy to be at IU and that love just really started to grow and grow. And now I couldn't imagine myself being anywhere else. So what surprised you about um, Indiana University or the and the Kelly School um, that you, you you were really surprised about? Mm -hmm. Two things. First and foremost, the campus and the surrounding area I think is absolutely beautiful in Lafayette. And I'll speak poorly about Purdue University for a second, um, but I really just didn't like the campus. I felt like it was too close to uh, you know, the, the city around it, like, I felt like there was no differentiation, but I feel as though when you're on IU's campus, you really feel like you're on your own little secluded space, and um, the space is incredibly beautiful. There's so many areas to go and sit outside and hang out with friends or 
go read. Everyone has their own little special spot, their favorite coffee shop. The list goes on and on, but it truly is such a beautiful um, area. And we were just before the podcast started talking about feng shui and how I think that's so important um, in my space and, and how I perform. So I think the feng shui, if you will, of, of campus is beautiful. So that was something that really surprised me, but was also really important to me. Um, and then the second thing would be the Kelly School of Business, um, understanding the reach it has was really important in my decision and in feeling comfortable where I'm at because many, many people graduate and I mean, they're not staying in Bloomington necessarily. Um, they're going off into the world and going kind of wherever they want to go. So while I am happy and content in my uh, little IU bubble, I know that when I graduate, I'll have the ability to go to California or I have the ability to go anywhere I want, really. Uh, so those were the two big things that surprised me in, um, in a really great way. And what was the most impressive um, and almost scary or intimidating thing about, um, I guess, either the university or the Kelly School? Mm -hmm. I think definitely just the amount of people. The, the playing field uh, gets a little bit bigger and a little bit more intimidating. Um, like I said, I went to a rural school. We had about uh, 400 people in our graduating class. So it wasn't small, but it wasn't big. Um, it was a good medium-sized school and not to toot my horn or anything, but I was valedictorian. I um, was um, class co-presidents with um, my best friend. I mean, we, I really felt like there was nothing at that school that I couldn't do or couldn't reach or couldn't, um, you know, accomplish. And then you step into the Kelly School of Business and I don't even own a suit at this point as a freshman. And there's people running around in suits. There's, uh, I remember one of our professors was kind of giving us a pep talk and he said something about a recruiter being in the building and someone had gotten a job by just telling him where to go in the building. And because of his professionalism and giving him directions, he was given a job. So then all of a sudden I felt like I was on, under a microscope all the time and I didn't felt, feel like I had my people. So really just the idea of having so um, many people surrounding me who were there to learn, who were there to kind of elevate their skills and just themselves as a person was uh, intimidating at first, definitely. Yeah, I think the bar is pretty high, but I think everybody, everybody figures out how to step up to it and um, makes everybody perform at a higher level. It, it's really impressive. Um, but I also, I'm, my surprise about the Kelly School is how warm and welcoming and, and Dean Kessner does a phenomenal job mm -hmm. of, of putting um, a lot of empathy into her leadership. So I got to give a shout out to her. I, um, I'm a huge ID Kessner fan. Oh, me too. I was in the... Um... Uh, like living learning center for um, Kelly. And I remember she came to meet us all and it was like someone famous was there. We, all, we were all waiting in line to take pictures with her afterwards. And I mean, she stayed like two hours to just shake all of her hands and take pictures with us so I can agree more. Yeah, she's phenomenal. Um, okay, let's get into your unique um, rare bird type of marketing person that you're becoming. Um, you're a rare bird intern. I love hiring rare birds. 
Um, and usually I meet, when I say that, it's, it's somebody who can perform um, in marketing in two ways. They can do um, the math and strategy, and then also the creative side of producing something, uh, marketing deliverable is what we call it. Um, but you, and usually it, people slant to, especially if you want to come to an agency, they love the creative side. So, um, they can do the strategy, but they really love doing the creative work. And you're one of the rare, rare birds who leans a lot more to the analytics and, you know, financials and, um, you know, the number systems, um, that side of the business, which I found immensely, uh, helpful this summer. Uh, especially with all the things you accomplished. And then you've done, did a little bit of creativity uh, with websites and, and got out of your box. So tell me about you and your experience and what, what you know, where you uh, landed in this internship and where you're heading. Yeah, absolutely. So uh, for context, my, the professional experience that I do have um, has been working at an HVAC company where I was helping uh, the marketing and development um, manager do all of his tasks. And that was kind of a, the side job for me. Of, um, I was working as a receptionist and then quite honestly didn't have enough to do. So I kind of just piggybacked off of his work and I learned a lot from him, uh, but I did a lot of their marketing. So I did a lot of their more basic stuff like social media. Um, I created content for them. And then as he kind of pushed me further, I began doing um, some of their email marketing templates. And then we worked with the CRM system a lot and we worked with uh, marketing automations. And then all of a sudden I didn't realize it at the time but I was getting a lot of marketing experience um, really quickly. Um, and so fast forward a little bit, I come to IU, I um, am actually majoring in economic consulting, business analytics, and sustainable business. Um, and if you listen closely, you won't hear marketing in that because marketing isn't necessarily the vertical that I want to be in, um, in the long term. And so Really, those two things, um, I think, at 8020 came together uh, really nicely to be able to kind of work off of my past experience of marketing um, experience that I have in content creation and, and CRM systems and those type of things with the things that I'm doing and learning now in terms of strategy and management and um, making everything as efficient as possible and um, really just trying to marry the two um, and find my own path, find my own, figure out uh, my own kind of niche within 8020. So uh, I felt really grateful to do that because I do really think that this golden ticket internship has allowed me the opportunity to make it exactly what I want based on my interests, experiences, and, um, and skills. So I want you to share all of the things that you can remember that you accomplished this mm -hmm. summer because you tackled a lot and um, created a, a lot of um, uh, things, systems. I don't want to give it away. So tell, just rattle off all the things that you did. Yeah. Uh, so I think the first thing that I really uh, tackled, if you will, would be our CRM system, Sharp Spring. So um, my first uh, accomplishment, if you will, was trying to understand how we can better utilize that to serve not only ourselves, but also our clients. Um, and like I 
alluded to earlier, I had some experience in CRM systems, but um, just in one. And so it was really fun to be able to uh, figure out a whole new one and really understand that process and how those uh, were different. Um, and then once I had dived into um, the CRM system, I realized I, I felt like there was something missing because the one that I had worked in previously had the CRM system and it also had a project management system combined into one. Uh, so it worked really nicely. It killed two birds with one stone. Um, it was a really great system. Our CRM system is rightfully so just geared towards marketing. So the whole time I was working with that, I just felt like there was something missing because I was used to the project management piece. Um, and once I dug in a little bit further, I realized that that was um, the project management piece that is was something that we could implement here at 8020. So I started looking around and found out that you guys had used Monday before. Um, and so Monday, the project management software that I kind of ended up settling on and testing, um, I think really has been a big help in organizing our projects and um, helping communication run smoother between the three interns that you're trying to, you know, keep up with as just one person. Um, and, you know, with our creative director leaving <laughs> um, and all kinds of moving parts, I think um, having that project management system in place has really helped us um, keep moving things along and really helping each other understand where everyone's at. So um, that was kind of the first, um, the first accomplishment, if you will. And then I would say the middle part of my internship or the summer was really geared towards um, more of my creative side. So as you alluded to, I worked on um, a website literally from scratch. So I, I built a website from the bare bones. I remember Francoise um, and I were kind of working on it to begin with. She had some ideas for it um, and kind of what the structure was going to be, but she was like, just put something together, um, you know, and then we'll, we'll, we'll work on it from there. So I was just expe expecting to kind of create the structure. Well, fast forward, you know, a month later and I built a, a working, um, really great, in my opinion, website that um, is currently being reviewed by, by the client to kind of make those final, um, final revisions. So that was really exciting for me just because I think um, website creation is a little bit, in my opinion, it's a little bit um, it has more technicality in it than just, you know, social media creation. So um, it has the creative piece, but it also has the technical pieces as well. So I even got to learn a little bit of coding and, and flex those skills, um, which was really fun. And I, I may not be a coder, but at least I can um, kind of implement those things to put a button in a certain place. So um, I had a lot of fun with that, especially once I really started owning um, that work stream. Um, and then that kind of brings us to where we are now and that um, 8020 is kind of trying to um, move its, its, its model away from the traditional uh, model and more into a modern style where, you know, we're um, not binding any clients to us and we're not trying to um, keep them forever. We're really just trying to um, figure out their needs and then meet those needs and move on. And so um, in doing that, it's been really important to understand how we can best serve 8020 and its model of 
using um, its traditional expertise uh, from you and Francoise and, um, and then also adding um, the interns and all of their valuable energy and uh, creative input. So um, essentially what I'm working on now and trying to finish up, you know, within the last week is um, understanding each of our services well enough to put together a standard operating uh, procedure of how to do each thing so that, you know, when new interns come in, they can say, okay, this is what we're doing. And here's a sheet that says exactly how to do it, or at least the structure for it. Here's the resources I need to go be able to do this thing. Um, and now I'm going to add my creative freedom and do it. So that was kind of a lot. But... It was a lot. And I just can't thank you enough for all the hard work and just tons of detail and time to just think those things through. Um, you know, I have best intentions to do all that, but I just, I can't do the detail and focus. So, so you were able to do that for me. And I, I just um, couldn't have done it without you to be all completely honest. And you know, here you are just uh, going into your third year and um, you've got my systems going. So um, I hope somebody's listening to this and thinking I better nab her up because uh, they should. <laughs> um, okay, let's move on to Brandy. That's what we do here. And we've talked about brands and we worked on brands all summer. Um, what's your favorite brand, Ashley? That's such a good question. Um, so... I am going to say, um, oh, that's a really good question. I feel like I am maybe less brand focused than maybe some of your other interns and students. So when thinking about brands, the things that I really focus on and are like sustainability and um, things like of that nature. So uh, the one that I am thinking of, I can't think of the name, which is really bad. Uh, What's the, I know this is bad. Hopefully, Lucas, you can edit this part out. But what is the brand? Uh, it's uh, totally escaping me, but they're like a super outdoorsy brand. Um, Patagonia? Yes, Patagonia. Thank you. Um, so my favorite brand would be Patagonia just because all of um, all of the things that they're, you know, pushing for sustainability, um, but they're also still a really large corporation and a, playing in a really big space. Um, and I love, um, I, I don't know if you talked about this or maybe it was one of um, a professor that um, I was taking a class with, but they, um, the CEO of Patagonia has a book called Let My People Go Surfing. And I haven't read it yet, but I really love that mindset. Um, and so for that reason, I, I think that's my favorite brand. Yeah, that's great. Um, that's a very common brand. So it just is very, um, very much a popular brand, especially with uh, Gen Z. Um, okay, so the next, I sometimes think the tougher question, what would be one of your least favorite brands? Mm -hmm. um, so I think this is going to be a little bit of a hot take, um, the, those Gen Z terms, but I really don't like Lululemon. Um, because? And wow, I, I'm shook. <laughs> um, I don't like them very much because um, I don't think that they um, give a lot of space for originality. Um, I don't know. I'm not really sure about their sustainability. I would assume that they have like something in place, um, but I doubt it's anything robust. 
And, um, you know, I went to, I went to Indy last weekend, um, with one of my best friends who is Lululemon diehard. Um, and please know that I am not thinking bad if that's you. Um, but she, so we went into the store and I was like, oh, this is the first time I've been in the store ever. And she was so shocked. And I just, I dislike brands that, um, make, um, you know, people who maybe can't afford in a hundred dollar pair of shorts feel like they're less than because they can't afford it. Um, and you know, it's one thing if it's a, um, designer luxury brand, um, but that's not who Lululemon markets to. They market to people who is just the everyday girl or guy who just wants to work out, be fit. And so I think that's really frustrating. I just think about kind of my middle school days when, um, you know, my mom didn't want to buy like the $100 yeah. pair of jeans for me. And then I felt like there was something wrong with me. Yeah, so that's, that's why I don't like that brand. No, that makes sense. That makes sense. And it, and it makes, when it makes people feel inferior, that's, mm-hmm. that's, that's not a good feeling. And, and as you know, when, in our boot camps, we, we dive deep into, um, in the feelings of that. Do you want to just share a, a little bit of our boot camps of what, what kind of stuff we asked our clients uh, or what you found fascinating? Yeah, um, honestly, I think the whole brand bootcamp is really fascinating. Um, And I think um, I'll pause here and talk a little bit about just the idea that um, although the summer has been a totally immersive marketing experience, um, I have found so much value in it because I think marketing and I want to go into management or strategy consulting. And I think um, the idea the core behind those two things are very, very similar, which makes sense because it's all business. But I think something special that 8020 does is this brand boot camp. And um, and that you're not only understanding, you know, um, like the marketing assets or the brand details, you're really understanding, trying to understand at least the mindset bet- behind, you know, the people who are in charge. <clears throat> the mindset um, of the people who are working there, the mindset of the customers, all of those um, kind of um, underlying um, qualities and underlying important things um, that make a business run. So that being said, um, the brand boot camp was super fun because some of the things we ask are like, um, you know, customer personas, which I think is a little bit um, mainstream in the marketing world. Like, I don't think anybody's going to be surprised to hear that, but the depth at which we go to figure out who those people are, like, what's their name? How many kids do they have? Where are they vacationing? What do they wear? What do they like? What are their issues? Things like that. And then we go even further to dive into the brand itself and, and name it and, um, give a gender to it if it has one and um, figure out, you know, if that brand were a person, where would they go for lunch and what TV shows are they watching? And um, I found it to be so interesting that that um, the brand itself almost always matches the description of the the person in charge who we are talking to. Um, And so I found it really interesting to understand that there really is not a huge separation between the brand and the person behind the brand. Um, And yeah, I've yet to see that within our brand bootcamp. So that was the most interesting part of it for me. 
Yeah, that's a really great insight. Um, it, it is there. I'm glad you articulated it that way. So yeah, it's fascinating. As you know, that's my favorite part of the boot camp is diving into that, um, the personality test. Um, so what do you think, um, what do you think marketers, since that's what we do, should really pay attention to in trying to connect with Gen Z? Um, what are they looking for? Or what are you guys looking for? How are you different? And what makes you buy something or not buy something based on the characteristics of the, the branding? Yeah, I think the most important thing uh, to Gen Z currently is just to be genuine and to be and to own whatever qualities you are trying to portray. So, um, you know, I talked about, I, I talked pretty poorly about Lululemon earlier, right? Um, and Morgan, another intern and, and my roommate for the past two years, complete Lululemon fan um, and nothing against her for that. Um, and then obviously I'm not, but both of us really care about sustainability. So she will absolutely never buy Lululemon um, from like a Lululemon store. Like she always buys it either, not necessarily secondhand, but um, from like a, an outlet mall where, um, you know, it's been discounted because of um, whatever reason, because there was a mistake in the, in the um, clothing or something. So um, the point is we are um, both really focused on sustainability. We're both really um, try to be price conscious since, you know, Gen Z is not exactly making big bucks yet. Um, so I think um, that's all to say that whatever your brand is pushing, as long as it's genuine to who you are and genuine to who your customers are serving, um, then you'll probably be okay in the, in the eyes of Gen Z. Well said. Um, thanks for sharing that perspective. So um, what's next? What's on the horizon for Ashley and what's your dream job so let's start with that what's your dream job um so my dream job is to be a pop star um but until that happens <laughs> I'm what kind of pop star this is a hoop <laughs> I, I I am really shook now when you because I did not expect that to come out of here no yeah um I think that'd be fun that was like my childhood dream but because that probably won't happen um and because I don't think being a surfer girl in California is sustainable either. My current dream job, if you will, is um, probably going to be sustainable consulting. And I say probably because I'm really interested in social enterprise. I really love the idea of using business for good, creating economic infrastructure rather than throwing money at, at an issue. Um, so those are the things that I'm really passionate about. Right now, I think that'll manifest in some sort of uh, consulting-esque role for social enterprise or for, you know, corporate businesses who are trying to push and lean um, more that way as society is pressuring them to do so. Um, but I also think that there's a lot of room for that space to grow. Um, and I think that it's going to be growing as I'm kind of stepping into it. So um, I'm excited to see what other positions kind of um, manifest because of it. No question, you're going to thrive wherever you head, whatever direction you end up, you're going to thrive. Um, and I, on that note, I want you to give some advice to um, 
younger people, actually older people too could hear this. You are a highly successful, very young lady, um, very well accomplished. You're, you're um, not intimidated. Uh, what are some of your pieces of advice to be successful? Um, that's a really interesting question because I think I'm constantly trying to find the answer to that question. Um, but I was talking about this last night with a friend and I think that the most important thing for me has been owning an, an innocent curiosity. So there are so many things to learn around us. There are so many things, so many people to learn from. And I think owning your curiosity is one thing, but then to do it in a way that is innocent and without um, any self gain, but um, simply to learn from someone else, to learn something new, to learn to learn. Um, I think that is truly the thing that has led me to kind of where I am and where I'm going. And so I would say just be curious about things, be excited to learn and do it in a way that is genuine and innocent and um, not just to be better, not just to impress someone, but really just to continue to grow yourself. Wow, that's phenomenal advice. Phenomenal. Um, yeah, not only young people, but older people need to hear that advice too. So, wow. And I just have to share, I did not let you know that question was coming. That was right, right from your heart off the cuff. So um, no surprise, you nailed it. Um, thanks so much for joining me on this podcast. I'm so glad I was able to capture you and your thoughts. It will be fun for you to look back on. And um, I can't wait to see you in person. I can't wait either. Yeah, I can't wait um, to see you in Bloomington. And um, this has been an awesome experience. And I can't wait to continue to, um, I don't know, continue our friendship now uh, through the year. So thanks so much, Kelly. Okay, well, thanks, Ashley. We will see you when you get back on campus. <laughs>